What is up? Welcome back to Big Fat Five, a podcast financially supported by Big Fat Snare Drum. My name is Ben Hilsinger, and this week's guest is Sarah Jones, an English musician best known for being a session and touring drummer. She has recorded and or toured with New Young Pony Club, Ainsley Lister, Bat for Lashes, Pussifer, Hot Chip, Block Party, Pillow Person, and many more. Since 2017, she's been in one of the most high-profile drum thrones in the world as the drummer for Harry Styles' band. She's a veteran and such a great player. I've been wanting to make this happen for a while, so you can bet your bottom dollar I was giddy. Also, there was literally an earthquake while we were recording, so that was fun. Anyways, I hope you enjoy the five records that helped shape Sarah Jones into the drummer she is today. Cheers. Sarah, so for this list, what was the criteria for an album to even be in the running and then ultimately make the top five? Well, I was just thinking about just the ones that I would keep coming back to, you know, keep putting on my headphones on the way, you know, back on the school bus. And I'd just be thinking, right, I'm going to get that bit today. It's kind of mostly like early days stuff, I suppose, that I, I listed. I guess the things that made me kind of change how I thought about the drums as well, because I'm completely self-taught. So I kind of got everything from what I listened to and did it that way. So, um, you know, sometimes friends would would show me different kind of genres that I'd never, you know, I didn't know what was going on, but kind of like, ah, right, okay. And you can play this way. So some of the choices are like delving into that, you know, it's not like, what I listen to all the time, but in a drumming sense, like, oh, right, this is, if I'm not having lessons, this is cool to learn this stuff, you know? Um, so I guess, yeah, that that's what how I thought about it, is like how, how it kind of, I guess like going from grades maybe, of how you, if you're doing lessons, this is how I kind of saw like a progression somehow. <laughs> sure. Yeah, well, yeah. Your, your choices are very eclectic. They're all over the place. So this is... Uh, They're all over the place. <laughs> I love it. No, that's perfect. This is going to be fun. I can already tell. All right. And so this is for someone who, maybe I guess me as well, but listeners that are having trouble finding inspiration. How do you actively seek out new inspiration? When Sarah is like, okay, I'm listening to the same stuff. I'm doing the same stuff. For some reason, we all get in those headspaces. How do you actively seek out new ways to keep yourself fresh? That's a good question because that happens often and more, you know, as you kind of, well, I think, you know, as you get like deeper into touring with your band that you're touring with and you're just, you're constantly playing one set, you know, for maybe two years or something, you don't have time to go and sit in the rehearsal room or sit in a room with the drums on your own and 
even go and listen to bands but the way I do it is I mean like Instagram is a really good thing just uh, I, I've not really been one to kind of follow drummers as such I don't, I don't know I just don't really have that in me to be I just kind of on my own train kind of thing but I, but I've come across some drummers on on Instagram that like you know it stopped me in my tracks like, oh that's so cool what they're doing and then it makes you want to go and you know sit on the kit and stuff and then I guess just kind of reminding myself like I do like to go to see live music <laughs> and um it's <laughs> I not have to remind myself of that too yeah yeah it's not a job you know and and going and doing it like going to some some festivals over the summer when I finished tour this year in England went to some festivals it just went you know not playing which is so rare to do and just you know not don't know anyone who's playing and just sit and listen and see what people are doing and you know and not also kind of like taking a, a break from it and not worrying if it's not kind of coming to you like I, I listen to lots of different things that have no drums on you know lots of um kind of soundscape stuff and things that is just completely different and you know have a a little break from it, I suppose. And also, I find <laughs> playing synth. I love messing around with synths. I have a, a little collection, I suppose. Playing that makes me like, oh, what could I play along to this? And then it kind of goes from there, I suppose. And that's the same with like drum machines and, um, you know, like getting into splice and stuff and like make, making a, a cool, like cool beat. And then, oh, what would this sound like with live drums on the top and stuff like sure. that, I think. Just like for no reason, just messing around yourself. I know it's uh, we all need to remember every once in a while just to play music. Mm. You know, it doesn't always have to have a goal or anything. Just get in front of something and create. So you don't yeah. have to film it. <laughs> you don't have to tell yeah. anyone you've done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you don't, yeah, yeah. You don't tell anyone that it's I a hard have. thing. <laughs> um, well, awesome. That's great. Very inspiring stuff. So let's just get into what inspired you. Uh, so let's just start off with number one. And I should ask you, is this in any particular order of how it was introduced to you or how did you do it? Or is it kind of just like, oh, this is the first one I thought of and the second one? No, it was kind of in the order that I kind of learned things, I suppose. Perfect. All right. Well, number one, the album is From the Beginning. The artist is Small Faces. Release here is 1967. The key tracks and like I always say listen to the whole record but I forced you to pick one that we'll listen to it's all or nothing and the drummers Kenny Jones I've never heard of Kenny so I'm really excited when I get to hear about new drummers so take it away Sarah and then when you're done we'll listen to some some all or nothing all right so this particular track I guess when I had figured out how to play like the most basic beat then I guess this is like the first track I was like right I'm gonna sit down and learn this, it was my dad's favorite song and he plays guitar. So, you know, it's like, come and try and play this song. I always loved playing this song in um, the band that he played in. So, so that was like an incentive to like, okay, I'm gonna listen to this and then I'm gonna play it with somebody actually in the room, you know, there's like parts to it. You've got to learn those parts and kind of like feeling out a song. It was like, you know, like technically some of the bits I had to learn how to do, I wanted to learn how to do that because I, I didn't know, you know, like how to do certain fills and stuff. But it was more about learning a song, start to finish, play it with someone live. And, you know, when you're learning to do that, if you skip a bit, kind of learning how to 
get back to where you were and it's like so thrilling when you get to the end you've done it and learning how to build stuff up you know into a chorus and you're going off someone else that's you know older than you and knows how to do that and you're kind of responding to them doing that it was the first like oh this is what it feels like to play with someone not just kind of like thrashing away on my own yeah I've played this song like thousands of times I think with my dad and I, I just love it I love the sound of the drums where the first roll that it starts off with you know it sounds amazing and and <laughs> I had this um double bass drum kit this pearl export huge thing that uh, a friend of my dad's was selling so okay yeah let's play that you know <laughs> and um so different to the drum kit that is on the record I don't know what particular drum kits on the record but you know kind of realizing tuning like my floor tom doesn't sound like that what, <laughs> yeah you know, what's different <laughs> so just kind of opening my eyes to what was going on really like all the little things that you can get into with drumming and and sort of drumming for the song really because i guess that's what i most enjoy and i always have enjoyed is kind of you know the drums aren't at all difficult on that but you can play it really well or you can just sort of blast through the song but um I think he's got so much expression in his playing and it's exciting you know I guess I wouldn't naturally crash the cymbal as much as he does in this song but I love that it's doing it and and I love doing it you know so it's kind of good to copy someone like that just get I got so much from it I think just this one song hell yeah well here is all or nothing by small faces I wanted to, (laughs) I can't say, I wanted to talk to you about a drum I've recently received from Preston at Vessel Drum Co. It's an ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum, and it's incredible. It's got a 1.5 millimeter shell, brass shell, with 10 lugs, chrome over brass, triple flange hoops, a trick uh, three position strainer, 42 strand wires. It's lovely. It's loud. And it cuts and records as beautiful as a piece of butter cake. And and Preston, actually, this is why it's called the Ocean Patina, is he covers the shell with seaweed and then drops it in the ocean for a certain period of time. And then it patinas with all these crazy cool designs. And if you all remember, Preston was actually one of the first guests on the podcast. When I first started out, I didn't really know what the Big Fat Five format was going to be or if it was going to be even Big Fat Five at all. But I went to his garage, his his you know where he makes all of his drums, 
it was really cool. He walked me through the episode is essentially from start to finish what happens with the drum. And it was it was a really fun episode. It's now archived at BigFatSnareDrum.com just because it doesn't fit the format of Big Fat Five. I want you to get back to the show, but go check it out. This drum is beautiful. And he actually let me use it on an Eve 6 tour and I didn't keep it. And I regretted it ever since then, just because I was trying to pinch pennies at the time. And I just kept thinking about it. And so the opportunity to get it again was presented and it is one of my favorite drums. So the Ocean Patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum, check it out, reach out to me, go to Vessel Drum Co. The Instagram's just at Vessel Drum Co. And check it out. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Sounds great. Bye. All right. So number two, the album is Metropolis Part Two, Scenes from a Memory. Oof. The artist is Dream Theater. He tracks <laughs> Scene Two, Overture, 1928. I guess that's what I should say. Yeah, and then I think the so. Is, uh, yeah, 1928. And this is the the now current drummer of uh, Dream Theater, Mike Portnoy. So before we figure out where the hell we'll start it, what got you into this song? So there's like a, I guess a little local scene where I grew up where people would just get together on Sundays and have jam sessions, you know, in like a really smoky old pub. It was my first kind of time getting on the drums and playing in front of people, you know, just people sat around with their pints and maybe like a roast dinner or I don't, I'm not, can't really remember, but I just met some people there that my dad knew they were just younger musicians, like a few years older than me, but they were really good. You know, they kind of, that's what they did. They just spent their time playing and they were really, they were just playing all the time and just so good. It kind of blew my mind. I remember sitting on, on this carpeted floor of the pub, like, oh my God, like, wow. And my dad would invite them, made friends with them and invite them back to our house. We had like an old chicken shed where he used to rehearse with his band as a kid. And then he kind of made it soundproof. And it's just like a big room. Like, do you want to come and like play here and like get together? We have a space. So they would come. I just sort of listened to them and they were really into the dream theater and like just playing like technical stuff, you know, and it would just get quite ridiculous. I'd just be sat there like, <laughs> what is going on <laughs> but um slowly you know i kind of really learned like we'd sit there with headphones on and play to clicks and then it kind of taught different time signatures what they are and how to play in that and and then we were like you know listening to dream theater let's try and play this and um they could play it all well and i just i'd be listening on on the way back from school and on my um walkman <laughs> at the time mm. and just be like, ah, oh, this is like nuts drumming. This is a different level. I've got to count everything. I've got to do all this. But we just kind of like for fun, just try and do it. And it was a real challenge because I had never really played in any kind of time signatures, didn't really know what it it meant. And um, I loved the challenge. I, you know, I couldn't play half of it, but I could play some of it. And then when I, when we could and we played it together, it was really a fun feeling, you know, um, to do that and just really good to learn that stuff because like I say, like not doing lessons, you could just sort of skip that bit. And the music, I, I did get really into it, um, that particular album, but I, I haven't listened to any anything else. It was more like in terms of drumming, it just opened my mind like, okay, there's people doing this, right, <laughs> what's going on here? Then I had a double pedal because I 
enjoyed some of the stuff they were doing and at the same time I was I was into Pantera and metal bands my brother was really into black metal so you know we'd kind of try playing that kind of stuff yeah it was just a time of pushing myself I suppose actually mm-hmm. this song I did for my music exam I had to play like a a piece and record it so I I tried to uh, record this as far as I could get which is I can't remember how far I got I've got it somewhere I know my parents have got it somewhere but yeah I think was it I'm on probably, video or is it just just audio just audio yeah I probably mm-hmm. the music teacher was like what is this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so confusing that they don't even know if it's good or not. They're like, I think she played it well. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know. That I know, was a I good trick. Picked... That's a good trick. game kind of way of thinking about drumming at the time kind mm. of thing you know like totally. very different from the record before just sort of trying to like win you know <laughs> like trying to win the game I suppose but it, again it's like if I hadn't have done that I don't think I would have got so like into playing to click and felt so natural playing to click because I I got into that quite early which is really helpful to you know, when you sort of get into other bands that are playing out live and it's just a part of what you have to kind of do. If you haven't had that much lead up into doing that, it maybe is a bit jarring, but I never found it jarring because I kind of would practice like that a lot anyway. Mm-hmm. All right. So number three, the album is Around the Fur. Artist is Deftones, release here is 97. Key tracks, My Own Summer, Around the Fur. Drummer's Mr. Abe Cunningham. Uh, so take it away, and then we'll listen to maybe the intro Phil heard around the world. Well, this one, I was playing in my own band, and we wanted to do a cover. And uh, we're all massive Deftone fans. And um, he plays so differently to, you know, like the metal guys and stuff like that. The way he tunes his kit to me, like especially on my own summer, the, like the very first Tom hit, you know, is kind of like, oh, it's so um, like clean. His, his sound of his drums is so clean. Like his ghost notes, that was like, wait a minute, what's all this about? <laughs> you know, um, and uh, I think I had like a piccolo floating rim pearl snare thingy. And um, I just tried my best to get that to sound like his snare. And yeah, I would just play this song with my band and just love this sort of different style being really kind of 
crisp and on it with the hi-hats is very um, precise, not sloshy kind of playing. I, I really, yeah, I'm not speaking very technically here, but I guess, yeah, I just loved it. I love that band. I went to see them. I think it was the first time I'd gone like with my friends to London. I was probably around 15, I was still in school. And I went to like a gig and I remember we didn't drink alcohol. I must have been really young <laughs> uh, to go to the gig, but it it like blew my mind and watching them live. And it was so excited. I got so excited. I remember kind of getting really dizzy because I was at the front. And I had to go and sit down. And then I heard them play <laughs> another of my favorite songs called Lotion uh, from a different record. I was like, no, like running to the front. Just really so excited. But um, this song kind of kicked off my love for the band and and his playing as well and and um, there's so many good songs and so many times I've just sat there trying to play what he's played and kind of like have I got it oh no I've got it yet and just a different style to what I'd heard before and I wanted to try and get a bit of that in my playing. Number four, the album is Still Bill. The artist is Bill Withers, released years 1972. I love this song so much, and I'll never be able to play it right. Uh, the key track is Kissing My Love and a friend of the podcast. He's been on a few times, uh, James Gadsden. So take it away. So this um, completely blew my mind because um, I don't remember what it is now. Maybe like BBC sessions or it's... I had a projector set up in um, a house I was living in in London. I was I just came across it and I was just watching it on this projector in this like empty room. And um, there's all these live sessions. And I remember seeing James Gadsden. Holy shit! Like fucking hell, this is another level. <laughs> like I never heard. I mean, I, I knew that record, but I kind of for some reason watching these live sessions kind of you know he's so he looks so amazing and um yeah the way he is like effortless playing and you go and play that and it is not effortless whatsoever (laughs) so Uh um i just kind of was listening to like watching him play and then you know he's playing traditional grip and the toms are set up the snare set up completely different and realizing like i could not get the sound out of the snare drum that he's getting like why is that like right i need to you you can maybe just about do it if you 
without playing traditional grip but then I started playing that I'm like ah that's the sound and you know I've never really done that before I'm not that great at it but I kind of spent a big chunk like trying to learn trying to play every time just traditional grip and like in rehearsals you know just trying to get away with like switching and Mm -hmm. you know definitely like the underdog (laughs) for sure yeah just trying to do that to get that sound that kind of sound on the snare that he gets um that's so slap like it just sounds amazing and then his feel i don't know what's going on there it's so incredible i've sat for i mean weeks and months and years i'm like i got it I'm like, no, that's not quite right yeah <laughs> Um, talking to like friends who are drummers just about this song, talking to them like, wait a minute. So just we're trying to understand it. It's like it's so delicate that his swing on it for me, I think. Um, and I feel like I've got close ish, but it's not. He's just a different game, you know. All right. Here is Kissing My Love. Number five, uh, I love, I've, yeah, this is not, uh, has not been on the podcast before, so I'm really happy. The album Survivor, the artist is Destiny's <laughs> Child, released years 2001, key track Survivor, such a great song, and then there's no official drummer, but the producer did it. Anyways, take it away, and then we'll listen to Survivor. So I guess at this point, I was already playing in electronic bands, you know, lots to click, and people were would play me songs that were all drum machine and like play like a drum machine, like play this beat, but you know, don't just don't put much else into it. Like I want it to sound like this drum machine. Well, just get the drum machine. But I kind of, I loved to play <laughs> like that. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, you come across things that people have programmed. You're like, oh, that's weird. You wouldn't really play that, but. Mm-hmm. Let me try and do it. And, you know, having SPDS and like uh, had a KD7 at the time, like just trying to flick between and trying to add all those things. Oh, maybe if I put that sound there and trying to really just play it quite true to what was programmed. And then I remember listening to Destiny's Child, I always, you know, listen to it. But then listening to it on headphones, 
just having a minute, like, oh my God, there's so much going on. And the production is like, I've never heard before. And realizing that sometimes my kick placement would be kind of like rock based, I suppose, like how I would just naturally do it. And then listening to to this R&B, like, ah, I wouldn't put the kick there. And I wanna do that. I wanna play this song as true as I can. And it's it sounds so good. Everything is meant to be there for that song and kind of get more into that, you know, not just like you're kind of making up a drum beat, just stick to the same patterns that you know, you know, kind of um, change it around. And this was the first kind of realisation of that, I suppose, and like playing along to this song, was like, oh, I wouldn't put kick there, I'm going to just sort of get into that. And it was really good for me to do that and really fun as well, playing along to to this record. I'd, yeah, I'd recommend everyone to do it. <laughs> Hell yeah. I love that. I love that reason. So here is uh, here's Survivor. play along to that now yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like missing the snare out all those times and just those extra kicks that maybe you like rock minded you wouldn't do that and just the hi-hats going crazy the whole time <laughs> crazy the whole time yeah and just trying to be everything you know and, and sometimes even just completely dismissing what's there and just you know doing ridiculous fills over the top and as if you know you're that kind of player just to like it's so exciting <laughs> Yeah. It's like the opposite wow. to how I normally play live, but when it's just you and Destiny's Child on those headphones, like <laughs> just do it all. <laughs> yeah. Do you like to play? I mean, when, you, when you're practicing by yourself, are you the kind of drummer who rarely plays by themselves and they always like being with people or do you enjoy just being in, in just shedding alone? Oh, I, I love playing alone. Yeah. I love playing mm -hmm. alone and when I was living in London, I used to have lots of different uh, rehearsal spaces and I would go, you know, with the drums, you can only play at certain hours or whatever. So I I just go at night and um, I'd take my coconut water, <laughs> some snacks. I'd just be there for <laughs> hours and hours just playing and like, you know, being in 
studios like with hot chip and they would have percussion line about and just adding stuff to the kit and just um having electronics and through the pa and just getting really into it just alone i absolutely love it now i, I kind of think because touring has been so full on um hasn't been much time for that kind of thing but i've always got a place i i can play and and i always yeah i love playing alone i mean i love playing with people obviously but i think um i really enjoy making up you know beats with different percussions and stuff like that that maybe starts off songs song ideas and 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 things like that not just kind of you know i'm not really a sort of technical player to sort of learn i don't know to practice in maybe some ways that people practice but kind of practice in just being fluid i suppose you know um mm -hmm. maybe that's how i kind of see it whatever you're doing is working for you so i hope so <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think it is. Um, I'm happy that you brought up in your honorable mentions The Knife. So a band that I play with uh, called Cannons, she is, that's her favorite band, Michelle, the lead singer. And uh, I didn't really know about them until she introduced them to me. And they're such a cool band. Yeah, they're really inspiring. And they're another one. I mean, not like Destiny's Child, but I would play along to them all the time um, because like, the swing of the percussion and um, the the swing of the the synths and things to like get the drums to sort of fit in. They they don't have live drums or anything like that. Um, I really enjoy doing that, and I guess playing with um, Hot Chip, I played with for maybe about four years or something. Um, kind of trying to fit in with that band is a lot of synths going on and programmed drums loops and things and trying to get the drums to fit in without being too like thrashy but to like sit in with all those kind of different swings going on and different things going on and playing to the knife is really good because it's all electronic and their songs are amazing totally amazing and yeah like a pen is my favorite uh, knife song it's kind of um gets me really hyped up <laughs> and that's a really fun one to play too
I don't like it when live drums like dilute the hardness of of a beat when it's electronic. But I, it's cool to have live drums. You know, if you're playing like in a a big place, it can add stuff. I think it's just good to know when to do it. And you know, if you're doing like too much, it, it sometimes it sounds better without all that. You know, just like the electronic beat and kind of. I love hearing it like that. I'm like, you sure you want live drums on this? I'm always the first one to say that, but then I think it's yeah, good to know your place within mm -hmm. that, I think. You are a very busy person and you're you're going out with your partner Mitch Roland and that's uh I mean you're starting what at the beginning of February or end of February? Uh, end of Feb. Yeah, it's about a month tour in America. Well, I definitely want to come see that if I'm still in town. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and of course, your project pillow person. You have techno. Is it technology plus teamwork or tech technology and teamwork? Technology and teamwork. Yeah, that's another. Yeah, project. yeah, yeah. Now I'm off tour. Um, you know, uh, for a bit. <laughs> then yeah, there's there's a bit more time to do some other other things. But um, see how it goes. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time. I thank I, I got to tell you, about a minute and a half ago, there was an uh, an earthquake. Right now, I just felt what? it. I'm on the. I'm on the. I mean, we're fine. But uh, I'm on the fourth floor. I'm in Los Angeles, by the way. So it's uh, you know, par for the course. I had no idea how often the earthquakes were in Los Angeles. I, I looked at this app the other day. I live there most of the time. And like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I had no exactly. idea. Well, rarely I don't feel it. And you, you were talking and I was like, interesting. Oh, no. <laughs> but, Have you, I've no, never it's... felt one before. So I kind of... Would, wouldn't mind feeling a little one, but just a little one. Yeah, yeah. No, this is a little tickle. It's fine. Well, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll let you have a good night and I'll talk to you soon, Sarah. Okay, Thank talk you so to you much. soon. Bye. All right, bye. <laughs>
supports the show. If you're listening on a platform that allows ratings and reviews, do that. It helps more people find the show, so it'll get bigger and better, and hopefully I'll have a chance to sell out one day. But you'll be an OG listener that can brag to all your friends. Anyways, why don't you go and check us out at BigFatSnareDrum.com and follow us on all the socials. Just search for Big Fat Snare Drum and you will find us. The show is edited in part using Isotope RX Audio Editor. It's amazing, so go check that out at Isotope.com. And thanks again to Gunnar Olsen for the theme music. Bye!